Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In the Greek language, when Jesus says, Judge not, that you be not judged. In the Greek language, this word judge, you might want to write this down. The word judge that Jesus used is the Greek word krino. K-R-I-N-O. And it literally means to decide, to damn, to punish, or judge to condemnation. Krino. To judge to condemnation. In other words, we are not to judge to condemnation, watch this, but to identification. We're not to judge to condemnation. You can't send a person to heaven or hell. You cannot condemn a person. Only God can do that. You can't judge to condemnation, but you can and are expected to judge to identification, to identify, and then you move on from identification to restoration. In other words, I see your sin. I'm coming to you. I've identified your sin, and I'm coming to you with a heart of love, with a heart of respect, with a heart of desire to say, God has so much more for you. You shouldn't walk that way. You shouldn't do that. That's not good for you. God loves you, and God has a plan for your life, and God has a purpose for your life, and he wants to do a work in you. Why don't you let him? And with that heart and those words, what you're doing is you're restoring a brother. So no, we're not, to ident- we're not to judge to condemnation because no one can do that. Only God can do that. But we are to judge to identification with the heart of restoration. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Paul the apostle said, brethren, or sisterin, it's in the Bible, sisterin's in the Bible. If a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You see, we should have a heart to restore. You who are spiritual, restore, not reveal such a one, but restore such a one. You who are spiritual, restore, don't remind such a one, but restore such a one. You who are spiritual, Restore such a one, not rebuke such a one. Restore. This word restoration, it means to mend the broken bones. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what God does when he restores you. He mends the broken bones. In other words, we as Christians, we should be spiritual doctors. 
We should mend the broken bones of people. We should mend them and help them and heal them, not try to find out about them and reveal them and rebuke them. We all know people like that in the church. You know, people, you call them sin sniffers. We, you know, people, I smell sin. Is that sin? Is that, what's, that, what's that smell? What? That's sin. That's sin in you, brother. We all know people like that. I call them the gospel Gestapo. You know, they peel open their chest. Ta-da! They got a big G on their chest. The gospel Gestapo. We are members of the God Squad. And we are here to sniff out your sin. Oh, they pull out the little sinometer. You know? Their sin. I sin my radar. My sinometer is really going crazy here. There's sin over there. Sniffing out. No, that's not the right heart. Amen, saints? That's not sniffing out and finding out, and you're the little God squad, and God has called you to do, you know, to find out and eradicate the church of all of its sin. I remember one time a brother did that. I was over in the, the, the church over at the gas station. We called the gas station church. And uh, one day we should just take a trip on the journeys of Calvary Chapel to the trailer and the gas station in here. And, and this guy, I'll never forget, after service, you know, I preached my heart out, y'all. I was sweating. I was preaching so hard. And, and just, you know, I was right in the zone. I felt like things were going well. And at the end of the service, I go outside and I'm just high in Jesus. And this guy comes up to me and he's got on this blue jacket. And I'll never forget it, a little short guy. He had a stack of Bibles that was big as him. Strong's Concordance Dictionary. He brought all this to church. Well, he comes up to me and he's got like this huge thing of books. And he says, well, you know, I just want to tell you something. I said, well, you know, spiritual as I am. I said, um, well, yes, my brother. And he said, well, I just want to tell you that I think that there is sin in the church. Well, what do you mean? Did someone do something to you? I mean, what's the matter? Well, you have a stage in your church. And I tell you, as the Lord liveth, thou has raised up the people above other people. And I'm like, who are you? And what is your problem? Is it drugs? What is it? And all these books. This is all I have. And he's like, you know, I'm going to eradicate the church of sin. Pointing out people's sins. Believe it or not, people do this stuff. And no one here, I know. No one here, but people do this. And this is not what we're called to do. And we're not called to do it amongst each other. We're not called to be sin-sniffing and eradicate the church of sin. That is not what God has called us to do. We're not to be critical, not have a holier-than-thou attitude, finding fault, nitpicking, and always looking and digging for the worst, and critical attitude towards others with no intent to restore. Because that's what's going on. There's no intent to restore. No, you who are spiritual, mend the broken bones. And that's what Jesus is saying. Stop being overly critical and judging harshly without mercy and without love. We're to be loving people, 
people who say I care about you and I want you to consider the fact that you're going in the wrong direction and restoration and restoring. Now, I gave you areas that we are to judge. Let me give you just really quickly three areas that we're not to judge. Three areas of which we're not to judge. I'm sure you can buy more, but here's three that we are not to judge. Number one, saints, we are not to judge people's motives. You don't know people's motives. And when you judge people's motives, then you're trying to take the place of God. Because only God knows the heart. So we can't judge their motives. Well, you know, look at him. He's acting that way because he's prideful. Look at that. You're judging motives. You don't know. You don't know. Don't judge motives. Secondly, don't judge by appearance. People come into church and they look sad. They look cast down. Oh, man. You take out your sinometer. No sin. What's wrong with them? Something must be wrong. Maybe they're in sin. You don't know. How you judge by appearance? You don't know. Maybe that person just got bad news before they came in. That maybe some family member died or something's wrong. You don't know. And maybe they need you to pray for them and seek to restore and seek to love on them. Just, can't you just love on people? Why are you so mean? Why are people so mean? Can't you just love on folks? Just hug them. It's not your job to correct. Just love them. Don't judge by appearance. Appearance is deceiving. You know, it was a story about a friend who, who, who called and he said, do you know that Doug got arrested? I said, no. What for? He said, I don't know, but I saw him being driven through town in the back seat of the police car. Well, later when the other friend asked Doug about it, he said, I had a car wreck and I had got my car towed. And so the cops gave me a lift home. (laughs) Oh, Doug got arrested. (laughs) We saw him in their police car. Well, no, Doug didn't get arrested. The cop was giving the man a ride home. Because you judge by appearance. You know, Doug was going to jail. He going up the river. But life, Doug ain't coming back. You're never going to see Doug again. No, no, no. It's not right. Don't judge by appearance. And then thirdly, here's a biggie. Don't judge another person's liberty. In other words, I have liberty to do things that you may not feel the liberty to do. You have liberty to do things that I may not have a liberty to do. I may feel that eating salt is sin for me. But if I start preaching from the pulpit, eating salt, MSG is evil, you know. You know well, then the Bible doesn't speak to this. The Bible doesn't say eating salt and MSG is sin. And therefore, I can't say it's sin. And you say, well, eating salt is cool for me. I mean, I like a little flavor on my food. I mean, what's wrong with that? So we start judging each other's liberty where the Bible doesn't speak to. You know, I was riding home with a friend yesterday, and Elvira and I, and him and his wife, and we were coming from out of town. And, uh, and uh, his wife kind of leaned around. She was sitting in the backseat with Elvira. She kind of leaned around and said, Pastor Ryan, i got to ask you a question. I said, what? She said, you know, is drinking wrong? Is drinking a sin? Drinking wine, she was talking about. At first, I thought she was talking about drinking water. I'm like, oh, my goodness. 
we got a long ride home here, you know. But, you know, she said, the drink of wine is sin. And I said, well, well, no, no. I mean, no, it's not a sin. Now, you know, if you drink a whole bottle of wine, then we, we had a little problem. But, you know, and you have issues. But other than that, I mean, you know, I, no. And she said, uh, well, okay, you know. And, and so we start looking at and judging people's liberties. Yes, getting drunk is a sin. Drinking wine, well, the Bible doesn't say drinking a glass of wine is a sin. I may not have the liberty to do it, but it's not right for me to impose my liberties on you and put you under legalism and judgmentalism and criticism and fault finding. It's terrible. We're judging you. Can Christians go to movies? You know, well, well, then that depends. And if so, then then what what's the rating? What can Christians see? G, P, G, P, G, 13, R, N, R. We all know Christians don't see them other three letters now, do we? Say amen, saints. All right, now, we ain't having none of that. Not today. Can Christians dance? Some can, some can't. Some of y'all I've seen dance, and you shouldn't. So y'all need to be a blessing. Don't dance. Jerking your neck, you need a neck brace and all that. I mean... Put you on a backboard and all. Some can, some can't. Can Christians smoke? I don't recommend it. And neither does a cigarette pack. It's like right on there. I am never cease to be amazed. Now you know, it's right on there. Don't do this, you will die. It's right there. And people go, man, give me more. Can women wear makeup? Praise God they can. (laughs) They can, of course. (laughs) Can women wear pants? I mean, you you understand. You get it. You get it. You get it. Say amen if you get it. All this stuff. The Bible doesn't say anything about any of these things. And yet the church has consistently over the years put all these regulations and legalisms and judgmental fault-finding criticisms on people that the Bible doesn't speak to. Don't judge another man's liberty. Granted, if somebody's in sin, that's not judgment. That's truth. And you should tell them that. But don't judge people's liberty. Now, really quickly, in Brent, verses 2 through 6, and I want you to write these down because I'm going to have to go quick. All right? In verses 2 through 6. Jesus gives some reasons why we shouldn't judge. Number one, don't judge because it's dangerous in verse two. Number two, don't judge because it's ridiculous in verse three. And last, certainly not least, don't judge because it's hypocritical. Don't judge because it's dangerous, it's ridiculous, and it's hypocritical. Notice because it's dangerous. You see, judging others is like a boomerang. Comes right back on you. Now, now understand something. Jesus is not saying it. Don't, don't judge people. The point here is, you've got to understand that. With what judgment you judge others in verse 2, you will be judged. So here's what you need to know. 
if you judge other folks harshly and critical and fault-finding, you sinner. And you're merciless with people in your judgment. That's the same judgment that's going to come right back on you. Now, I want loving judgment. I want the people to be merciful with Rodney. Love Rodney. Love Rodney. <laughs> Subliminal message. I want to be loved. I want you to show me grace. I want you to show me mercy in order for me to get love from you and show me and, and you show me grace and you show me mercy. I need to love you. I need to show you grace. I need to show you mercy. And if I'm not merciful, then you won't be merciful to me. With the same judgment you judge others, that's the same judgment's going to come back on you. That's what Jesus says. So don't judge people because it's dangerous. Secondly, because it's ridiculous. Because you have sin in your life. It's in verse 3. Notice Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye and you don't consider the plank that's in your own eye? Now, I'm sure, get this, <laughs> listen. I'm sure when Jesus said this, the disciples start cracking up. They were probably slapping their knee and rolling on their backs. And, <laughs> that's crazy. Why? Because what Jesus just said is hyperbole. It's ridiculous. The picture here is this guy comes walking along with a board or a beam hanging out of his eye. He sees another guy with this tiny little splinter. And he says, oh, let me help you take the splinter out of your eye. And so he tries to perform this very delicate operation. It's ridiculous. It's a joke. It's like if you go to the doctor, the eye doctor, and you, you know, go to the eye doctor because you got something in your eye, and they put you in the exam room, and you wait for like, you know, 26 hours when he comes in, and, and, and he finally shows up, and he's got this big two-by-four hanging out of his eye, and you're like, I think I'll find another doctor. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, why? Because he can't help you. He needs help. Now, it's funny because what Jesus is saying, Jesus likes to crack jokes. I'm, I'm confident. Johnny, Jesus likes to crack jokes. And this is one of them because this is ridiculous. If you're going to take something out of my eye, I need you to have clear vision. Now, this word speck, if you're taking notes in your Bible, you can write this word. It's a Greek word, karphos. Karphos, K-A-R-P-H-O-S. This word is an interesting choice of words that Jesus uses because here's the point in short. Here's the point. The word speck and the word beam or two by four is the same Greek word. It's like the same, but not the same in dimension, but the same in material. And I think what Jesus is getting to the point is, is that as we look at other people and we get upset because of the sin that's in their lives and we're critical and we put them down and we fault fine and we sin sniff. When we see sin in other people, the, the, the reality is we are seeing in them what is truly in us. So my sin looks terrible on you. You see, we look at other people and, and, and our sin is we see our sin in their lives and we get upset and we get angry. And we go look at that speck in your eye when in reality there's a beam in your eye. 
And so Jesus is saying here, listen, don't try to remove the speck out of someone else's eye and you got a beam in your eye. Deal with your own sin first and then help your brother. You might want to take a look at getting upset about sin in other people's lives in the life of David. Remember David Bathsheba? David is a problem in the kingdom. What's the problem, Nathan? Well, there's a guy. He took a little ewe lamb from another guy, and he had a lot of ewe lambs, a little bitty lamb. And this, this guy who was rich. He had a lot of ewe lambs, and he took that one little ewe lamb, used to hang out with the family and love the family and eat dinner with the family. And this guy took this little ewe lamb, and Nathan said, David, what do you think we ought to do? David, with eyes bulging and veins popping and clenched fist, he said, ah, he ought to pay and we ought to kill him. And Nathan said, David, you busted. And David said, well, maybe we ought not kill him. I mean, on second thought. See, we get upset when we see sin in other people, when it's really the sin that's in us. And you know the story. He had taken Bathsheba for a while. You know the story. John chapter 8, they brought that woman caught in adultery. What are you going to do with her, Jesus? Jesus leaned down. We don't know what he wrote. He probably wrote the names of the guys next to the commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. And the guys are looking at their name and the commandment, and they all walked away. They all walked away. And, and, and Jesus said, woman, where are those that condemn you? And he said, she said, they're not here, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Now go and sin no more. And we get upset when we see the same sin in somebody else. Jesus says, get the speck out of your own eye before you try to take the beam out of your own eye until you try to take the speck out of somebody else's eye. And then in verse 6, notice in verse 6, Jesus says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Now you got to keep the flow here, okay? Keep the flow. Don't judge the condemnation. We talked about that. Don't condemn people. But also don't swing to the other end of the pendulum and be naive and permissive. You see, as you're sharing these things, don't be condemning but identifying and ask the question, is this person open to hear what I'm saying? Are they open or do they just want to argue and justify their sin? We should be wise. Don't cast your pearls before swine because swine are swine. Pigs are going to be pigs. If people want to stay in a position and you're telling them about things in their life, and they're like, don't judge me. I don't want to hear it. Whatever. Okay, fine. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Pigs are going to be pigs. You can't change a pig. You can bring a pig in the house and give him a bath. You can wash him up, floss his teeth. Put moose in his tail, send him back outside, and what's he going to do? Go right back out to the mud. Pigs are pigs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. If they don't want to hear it, they just don't want to hear it. Don't waste your time and your spiritual treasures on those who have no interest. Don't judge. Don't judge. People, don't be judgmental. Don't be permissive and tolerant of everything. There's balance. Time to judge. Time not to judge. You know, that old Scottish preacher, I'm closing. The old Scottish preacher, his name is Peter Marshall. He coined this phrase. When you point your finger at someone, three of them point right back at you. Peter Marshall first said that. Ain't that the truth? You point your finger at someone, three of them point right back at you. 
Don't be judgmental, harsh and critical. Have a heart to restore people and to love people because that's when you're being most like Jesus because Jesus loved people and he restored you and he restored me. He mended my broken bones and he mends them every time I come to church and he mends them every day of the week. He's always loving, always in a place of restoration. He loves me. He loves you. And that's the kind of people we ought to be too. We talk about what would Jesus do? Well, let's be like Jesus would be. That's not good grammar. Is it? Say yes, Rodney. It's wonderful. And to be like the Lord, not judging, condemning, and critical. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.